Welcome to the Bit by Bit podcast, your nerd culture variety show, centered on gaming, technology, and entertainment. This is episode 60. This week, we're talking about Disney's impending streaming service, in addition to what we've been up to lately. So if you've been with us for a while, you know that we've gone through a couple of format changes. Uh, Maybe more than a couple would be fair. Uh, But it's kind of hard to find the right note, you know, and find your own little niche in this huge podcast market. So we've been working on it some more, and this is what we've come up with. This is Bit by Bit. We've had multiple types of episodes in the past, and they can be kind of hard to keep track of. So we did away with that. We're just bit by bit now. You don't have to remember anything. <laughs> just show up and listen to the episode. So we've actually divided our former episode types into sections within this new format. So we're going to start out with the rundown. We'll tell you what's going on with us, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what we've been listening to. Then we'll move into metagame and we'll all discuss one big topic. And at the end, we'll all bring our own topics and discuss those for Hipfire. Here we go. We're going to get into it. My name is Blake Walker. I am one of your regular hosts. Here with me today is your other regular host, Brian Phillips. Hi, listeners. (laughs) And returning today is one of our special guests, been on multiple times before, Matthew Waltop. Hey, happy to be here. I haven't been here in a while. I'm sorry I've been neglecting you. At the very least, you'll get a Christmas card this year. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to kick it off with the rundown. Brian, how about you tell us what you've been up to lately? All right, so rundown this week. Um, I've been watching Mind Hunter on Netflix, which has been really good. Um, we've been watching Letter Kenny on Hulu, uh, which is super addicting. Um, and I was really surprised I got Jenna hooked on that. Uh, I've been playing Dead by Daylight. They just released the Broken or Shattered Shattered Bloodlines DLC uh, with the new Ghost Killer. And I read through the Adventure Zone, Here There Be Gerblins graphic novel, and dang, is it good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> the Adventure Zone is, oh, let me tell you, our podcast, obviously, listen to our podcast. But I'm going to give you all an advi- a word of advice here. Go check out the Adventure Zone, because it is, it is a dang good podcast about adventuring in a zone. <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else you want to add um nope that's it that's all i got that's it okay solid rundown man so let's let's go back and touch on some of those things so you're watching mind hunter yep mind hunter is a good show oh, it's so good. um for the people that don't know what that is what, what's a brief like little tidbit about that show so it's a drama about um the period in time when serial killer was just becoming a concept like it's they they explain that it's kind of been a thing for you know a really long time but it's the behavioral it's this it's this behavioral science division in the fbi who is forming and finding the oh hey we probably should figure out why these crimes are happening and maybe we can see how to prevent them and stuff so they do interviews with like inmates and stuff it's really good it's a good show um you also mentioned letter kenny something i think we've all been hooked on lately oh, and kenny. i can't believe i didn't know it existed before now oh straight up it's got to be one of the funniest shows i've ever watched oh no doubt yeah it's just 
so funny. The way, I mean, it's all in the delivery of the way they speak in that show. And, um, I mean, for the people that don't know, it's based in Canada, small town in Canada. Mm-hmm. They're all, what do they say? Hicks, skids, and Christians, and these yeah. are their problems. Hockey, yeah. like that's how they describe hockey it. Players, that's and hockey players. And it is yeah. extremely yeah. Canadian. Extremely Canadian. Yep. It is very, very Canadian, and it's hilarious. Um, yeah, you said you're watching it on Hulu. They have exclusive rights. Only the first two seasons are mm. on there, and they were just put on there in July, I think. Mm. So we can expect the other seasons, but um, yeah. It, it's I'd super quick and it. smart. It's just the comedy is, is just if you if you miss a line of dialogue, you'll miss like a gold nugget. It's just so good. Oh, yeah, for sure. You also mentioned uh, Dead by Daylight. Um, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Brian's still hooked on Dead by Daylight. Yep. Dead by Daylight is a great game. Um, the new expansion. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the killer. I of all the things they added in this last expansion, the map I think is the best thing. Yeah, yeah. That new map in the little Japanese garden and the house with the reeds and everything. It's like, it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a lot bigger than I think it is too. There's like a whole other section that I don't think I ever actually got around to. <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably one of the biggest maps they've made for that game. Um, which actually is fine because if you're playing against the new killer, you need that space. Yeah. <laughs> because she will just <laughs> teleport to you out of nowhere, just ghosting around. Was that everything that you had mentioned? Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much all I got going on. Um Oh, the Adventure Zone. Yeah. The Adventure Zone is just a it's a um it's three brothers and their dad playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it is hilarious and just well made and I would hope that someday we can make something you know similar along those lines it's just really good and so then they made a graphic novel off of their first um, story arc it's so cool that something something like that can become you know an actual like published graphic novel that's like a legitimate graphic novel I don't know it's just cool to me yeah, like the path that they have taken from be- being a podcast. What my brother, my brother and me. Yeah, yeah, is where it started, and they've spun into all these different areas, and it's really cool. Yep, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, Matthew, it's your turn. Your turn for a rundown. Oh, bud, what you been doing, man? Oh, bud, bud. what you been doing? Um, trying to trying to level Joey. It's, yeah, right. Been, I know. <laughs> it's it's been my life. Uh, this week at least what? yeah well yeah see the the d- new destiny expansion came out not long ago and uh blake and i ran through it but we're still trying to level joey so we can get, uh, get him in on all gotcha. the uh, the nice in dlc uh content so i've been up to that uh, i've been reading a lot been reading uh lately i've been reading the indifferent stars above that was at suggestion of last podcast on the left with their Donner Party episodes. Uh, that book is about the Donner Party, obviously, and it is a pretty, pretty detailed account of what it was like to be a m- migrating pioneer. Um, I have not gotten far enough into it yet where people are eating each other yet, but I'm sure that's <laughs> coming up relatively soon, so... Um, what I can say is the guy who wrote it is an excellent writer and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And he obviously did his footwork and research. So 
that that's exciting. Yeah, that's my minor um, minor rundown. What I've been up to. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we've been playing so much Destiny. I would say that it's not even Destiny two. Like Destiny as a whole, I don't think hit its stride until this expansion came out. Like like to really? me, Forsaken is the Destiny experience that I personally was looking for. I think it's it, um, see. The difficult thing to reconcile with Destiny is that's how the first one was, too. Because really? they did almost exactly the same thing in the first game, was that they released a game that almost the entire community was unhappy with, or perhaps somewhere. I know my particular group of people that I was playing with were very unhappy with it. Same. And, th- and then later on, they patched all the, all the complaints with um, DLC. And when I think it was, I, it's been a while, but I think it was the the uh, Fallen King, Taken King, was the Taken King, Taken yes, King, yeah, um, was the last expansion they released, and at that point, that became the game that it it really should have been to begin with, and that's the same thing that's happened with this one. I'm happy that Humble Bundle has afforded me the opportunity to play it and only sink in. As much money as it would normally cost to buy a normal AAA title mm-hmm. um, with the DLC and everything. But Bungie definitely has some things, I think, that they need to work on as far as making a deliverable for their particular fan base. It's true, and it's kind of an interesting thing to, to discuss because you're right. Like, Destiny 1 was kind of disappointing. And just like the DLC structure and everything aside... Like, as far as mechanics of the game go, like, Taken King rectified all the issues, and people loved it. They loved that expansion. And then Destiny 2 came out, and it took almost everything from the Taken King, bumped it over, and then added some different mechanics to it. And it kind of went through the same phase as it did in Destiny 1, where, you know, it was like, meh, like, this isn't exactly what we want. Like, this has an issue, this has an issue. But it was still much better than Destiny 1. You I know. would agree with that. And I did not play I did not play Destiny 2 pre first DLC. I played right. Destiny 2 after they had already gone through and patched some of those things. Yeah, so, same. Yeah, I can't really I'm speak not, to before the DLC either. I will say that on a story level, I still have no fucking <laughs> idea what's going on. <laughs> I have absolutely no clue. I didn't know what the first one either. And I assumed that the second one I would be paying a little closer attention. I'm just not. <laughs> hey, man, you're getting what you want out of it. Like, that's all that really matters yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and I love it. I don't want to I don't want to uh, talk down on it, you know, mechanic wise or gameplay wise, because those are the things that I really enjoy about it. But story wise, I just don't care. So. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I mean, I'm the narrative guy and I don't care. You know, <laughs> that should say something straight up. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Like I, I follow it and I understand what's happening. But it's not, it, I feel like it's really difficult to interject a meaningful narrative into that type of game. Because you're, you're going into the entire thing, stripping away like the personal attachment to it. Because every single I, yeah, person, I think you're right. you know, like you can have this really big cinematic moment that's like really defining for your character that all million whatever players have experienced the same thing, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is not that meaningful 
for me because every other person <laughs> had this same like manufactured moment, you know, within the story. I don't know. I'm a single player gamer you, at heart though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think that you kind of, you're kind of treading on the same feeling that I have there. And, and I'm not an MMO kind of guy. Mm-hmm. This is an MMO or it, it's not necessarily an MMO. It's a shooter, but it has those heavy MMO elements to it. And I think, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing for me is if you're going to have an RPG or a game that has even RPG elements like that, you have to tether your player to that narrative. And I think Destiny just falls short. I think that's where that game falls short. I think gameplays, yeah, like awesome. Um, mechanics of it are great. I like I like everything about their inventory system. Their leveling system now mm-hmm. seems to be in much better shape. Uh, all the equipment and stuff. And it is a grind. It's got that MMO stuff. I'm expecting that. I don't care. It's not a Diablo grind, which yeah. is... <laughs> which is just way which too is, much. Uh, yeah. So that's a major bonus for it. But for me, I think um, it just falls short of the narrative. But also, that being said, I was not huge into the Halo lore either. Right, which is my so, life. So. Yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> Really? You like yeah, Halo? So oh, I, I had no, no idea. Clue. I never knew that about you. <laughs> we known each other this long. We definitely haven't done <laughs> secret episodes where we've talked entirely about Halo and gone. That's yeah, not good enough. We can't release this to episode. people to hear. Like this needs to go in the vault <laughs> and just never be spoken of again. Oh, so I'm going to digress slightly. But playing Halo 5 with, with Blake again is like the funniest thing ever. Does it feel good? He just good complains stuff. about all of the decisions that 343 made. <laughs> just give me control of it. Oh, look at this. I'll look at it. this. Whatever. This sucks. I'll do this it. isn't even functional. Why would you do this? They have This isn't canon. <laughs> Unplayable. This, this isn't canon. canon. That's that's <laughs> This is why this isn't canon. Like I just sit there, I'll just like tear everything in the game apart and just be like, no, like what the hell are you doing? This is why you should no. You're gonna get me started right now. I'm gonna start pulling examples out. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta make that yeah, into its it own needs series. To be. This is why it's not canon, but it's just me on the cover. Like, yeah, it's just you like. (laughs) Oh, man. Blake, what's your rundown? My rundown. Oh, that's a great question. So this week I have actually gone back and played a little bit of Fallout 4, which is weird. I saw that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Paige has been playing it and she's like real into it. And I just saw her playing the other day and I'm like, you know what? I'll go bit up the Xbox. I'm gonna go back into my main save from like years ago whenever it came out and um i went through and i did that quest with the robots on the ship the pirate or the yeah you know that was a good one um i can't remember the uss constitution yeah yeah and um i mean that took me a good like 45 minutes and it was funny and yeah just a good time to play you had decent combat and i'm like nah i'm i'm putting it down now like it was it was fun to go back and check it out just remember yeah. what it's like to play Fallout without mods and just like in its purest form. Um, <laughs> so I've been I was playing that. Definitely been back on that Halo 5 kick in the last couple of weeks playing SWAT. Um, SWAT. All the surprise. SWAT. It doesn't surprise me you're playing SWAT either. Yeah. No, that, I love SWAT. That's always been my favorite. Um, been playing Destiny 2, like you said, Forsaken. We got that beaten now and we're in the in-game content. So... Nice. Looking forward to exploring that a little more. And then traditional Destiny fashion, you finish the campaign, and it's like, 
now the game starts and you're like oh great so, <laughs> there's more yeah so I'm like, oh, that took me like 20 hours to beat so now here we go again i've been reading um i'm in this new user experience engineering program and humble bundle actually had uh ux books on sale there was like 14 of them for 15 nice. bucks last week so i snagged those and just i haven't dug into any of them yet but i just kind of skimmed through all of them mm -hmm. a little bit to see kind of the writing style and what they're going to be talking about. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing this week. And then last nice. week. <laughs> and you started playing Dead by Daylight a little bit more. Yeah, I have. I, every time the new expansions come out, I give it like a day or two. So all the yeah. tryhards like are kind of sick of it already. You know, they just burn themselves out. And then I swoop in and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I might <laughs> I might survive. So <laughs> then I'll play a couple rounds, especially now that Cody is um, available more often than he has been. Um, he's he's definitely the one that facilitates the Dead by Daylight playing out of all of us. He's any time of the day ready and willing. So straight up. <laughs> yep. And we're, yeah. You just shoot him a text. <laughs> DBD. Or actually, all you have to say is a a y y y a. And he knows exactly. I'm on. <laughs> I'll be online. Just give me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Can we uh, can we declare PUBG out now? We can declare we, PUBG. I would out. say, yeah. I would say <laughs> declare it out. Um, I, yeah. I actually uninstalled it the other day. Yeah, which that's I mean that's the sign. If you uninstall yep. it, it's over. It's a big step. Yeah, not even worth keeping installed. <laughs> it's not. You know what? After playing uh, the beta for Call of Duty Blackout, it does. It is PUBG, but a hundred times better than PUBG's ever been. You know, right on. and it's it's hard to like want to even go back. I mean, it was just the beta. I played it for one day and it ruined PUBG for me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like I can't go back to it. I have it on PC and on Xbox. I just those are my installing um, it. Those are my comments when playing Fortnite for the first time. Is really? Say, this is literally just PUBG, but you can actually tell it was made by professional game developers. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I, I can see like Call of Duty. The developers who make in Call of Duty right now are probably slaying that. Putting They're doing a good job. Shame. Well, they they ditched the campaign for Black Ops Three. There's no hmm. story at all, and they put interesting. They <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I mean that makes sense. And then they just put that collective effort of well, who would have been on the campaign team into their battle royale mode and have just killed it. Like it is, you drop out of the plane just like PUBG. You wingsuit in just like PUBG. Okay. You know, you, you go building to building on a gigantic map, picking up weapons, armor, band-aids, everything, just like PUBG. Um, the only thing that's different is, like, Nuketown is there, and there's zombies running around the map. Like That's it, cool. It takes okay. all the cool stuff from Call of Duty and the gunplay and puts it into PUBG's formula and then just buries PUBG, just takes it out back and shoots yep. it and oh, just sure. buries yeah. it in the garden. <laughs> so I, uh, you know... Call of Duty gets a lot of hate, but I've had some good times playing Black Ops. Yeah. It's, uh, when it's, I mean, once you get to the point where you prestige three or four times, you have to, you kind of wonder what you're doing with your life, but that's, that's true. <laughs> and I, I don't think it's necessarily Call of Duty. Like they catch hate for not iterating nearly enough, like installment to installment. But on the flip side of that, it's really the community. That's the problem with Call of Duty. I think it's so. the people I that play Call of Duty more than the game itself i would say yeah i think so and and honestly they are really um 
just giving people what they want. Yeah. I mean, oh, sure. Yeah, you can't blame them for that. No, not at all. And I, I enjoyed the Modern Warfare series, so I was kind of heartbroken when those ended. Yeah. Um, the but, second one, at least. I never even played the third one. I liked the third one. I did not. Um, e- I didn't either. I, I, the third one, we would do survival waves in college, and like, that was a good. That I, I, I never got it and really got into a Call of Duty, unless you count like Big Red One. <laughs> Going <laughs> like, way you know, back. Way back. <laughs> wow. You know? Yeah, that is. Way That's back. like 2005. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and even then, I was ago. more Medal of Honor anyway. So I was so. I forgot Medal of Honor existed. Those games were more difficult. They were yeah. good. I preferred Medal of Honor they were good. over Call of Duty. Just because it had like more realism, you know, it was like no targeting reticle on screen all the time. Like mm-hmm. no grenade indicators and some like a grenade's near you. Like it stripped down all the handholdy features of modern FPS yeah. games and was just like, you're a soldier, here's your gun, here's an objective kill the other dudes no frills i was uh i was like 14 i think when i got my xbox 360 and i remember call of duty 2 was one of the probably one of the first or second games i got on it yeah i was absolutely mesmerized by multiplayer at that point because i'd never had it before like mm-hmm. i think 360 was the first first console that was really super online focused that i had yeah so having Xbox Live and like playing on playing those multiplayer matches is still some of my fondest memories, like the old older Call of Duty games. It's good stuff. All right, we gotta move on, guys. This has been good, but we gotta move on. I'm calling it. So we're gonna move on to our metagame topic for this episode, which is talking about Disney streaming service. So this is something they're bringing out to go up against Netflix, Hulu, all the other streaming. I mean, everyone's got a streaming service now. You know, cable's mm-hmm. dying. Everyone's jumping on the train. So this is uh, going to be their take on it. Uh, yeah. Let's just get the ball rolling. What do you guys think about this thing? Do you know anything about it? Side side note, straight off the bat, what you said, cable dying. It's funny because now I'm getting things in the mail for Comcast saying, come come join on uh, Comcast Wireless. And <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to have you. You're not going to have my cell phone. <laughs> no. Well, Comcast, why are you kidding me? They're doing cell service? Yep. yep Dude, that's Comcast. It. Comcast. Official stat- st- standing point of bit by bit. Comcast. <laughs> Comcast. And spray butter. And, and spray butter. <laughs> Dude, don't even get me started on spray butter. That just makes popcorn watery. It's Too inedible. Watery. Don't don't even get it. Don't even bother. Don't even don't do bother it. with it. Don't buy it. <laughs> don't, it's not good. <laughs> anyway, Disney streaming. My response to it is why? I know why, but <laughs> it's you want to get into it. I don't into know. I, I don't see. I don't sweet, see sweet where moolah. it ends now. And Disney is essentially monopolizing right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they are heavily monopolizing. I, I'm actually, when somebody else starts talking on this, I'm going to look up how much stuff they actually hold. You don't want to do that. Oh, it's a lot. It's it going to be lot. real depressing. I have to do it. I have to make it happen. But I, I know why they're doing it. But where does it end? Because now Disney is starting their own streaming service. So when when does it start coming to the point where we have? 
everything in cable is that way. That's that's kind of the end game that I'm seeing here. Is I know Disney's huge and they're they're essentially a holding company at this point, and they have their own things, um, proprietary things. But it seems like more and more that companies are going to start doing things this way. So sure. we already have you know HBO Go, um, like Fox and like, CBS, like yeah, all the networks have an app now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think Disney's buying Fox at the moment. Yeah. So all I think that's, that's where it landed. Them. Yeah, it did. They bought them. So Comcast trying to mess things up. They tried. Well, tw- 20th Century Fox also, I think, owns Hulu, which means that hmm. Hulu is now going to eventually be a subsidiary of Disney, even if it's by hmm. proxy. So where? So where does this? <laughs> where does this end? I, for one, welcome our Disney overlords. Oh, Disney overlords? <laughs> <If they, laughs> please don't put me in a camp. I, uh, <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they own anything, what kind of dystopian postmodern f***ing horrorscape are we living in? They, they throw you in a pen with the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Animal, animals the exact opposite. He's just dead silent, just shaking in the corner. <laughs> oh that would be gosh. horrifying. He doesn't have his drum kit. How is animals supposed to be a social being without his drum kit? That's Ex- how he yeah. communicates. <laughs> that's, that, that's what it is. He's just been trying to talk this entire time through drums. Help me. I'm being held hostage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can I read you a quote? Can I read you a quote here? Yes. Please. Okay. Please do. So Bob Iger, he's the CEO and head chairman of Disney. Uh, it's kind of spearheaded this whole thing with all the acquisitions and the way that they've been progressing the content they own, like Marvel and Star Wars. He's made a lot of the big calls on a lot of the things that they have been doing in the last couple of years. Um, but he actually had an interview, and this was with The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it was actually on September 20th, so it's pretty recent. And uh, Matthew Baloney was the one who uh, wrote the article. Classic. <laughs> Interesting last name. Old boy Matthew <laughs> Baloney. So. Interesting choice for a last name. Yes, it is. So this is the direct quote from Bob Iger when asked about the streaming service. He says, it's a direct relationship with customers. The ability to provide more customized, personalized experiences, new ways to monetize a proximity to a customer that doesn't have intermediaries. You're going to see growth in direct-to-consumer businesses. You're probably going to see less channel watching. You're already seeing it. You're probably going to see less bundling of channels and more selling of specific brands, programs, etc. And that's kind of their vision of it. You know, that's, I mean, he's right. That's the way that the market's moving. And he, mm-hmm. he kind of goes on to explain, um, here, this is what he says next. I'm impressed with what has been accomplished at Netflix and Amazon. But none of them is either Disney or Marvel or Pixar or Star yeah. Wars or National yeah. Geographic or FX or Searchlight or Avatar. I could go on and on. So we mm-hmm. enter the business that they're in in many respects with an advantage from a content perspective that will enable us to focus on quality rather than just volume. Hmm. And he's That's right. Because they they definitely have volume. Like. I cannot I, I cannot disagree with that. I can't disagree I with like, it either. I like that guy. The the thing that worries me now is this is not going to be unsuccessful for them. No. Oh, no doubt. Like, yeah. We can all, I'm gonna all three of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> so 
All three of us right now can admit this is not going to be an unsuccessful venture for Disney. Mm -hmm. What happens when that guy is not in charge anymore? Oh, you mean like when Steve Jobs died? Yeah, 100%. Tim Cook's... I mean, he's kind of meh. I mean, if if you want to solder the RAM to the motherboard, go ahead. (laughs) Then fine, I guess. (laughs) If that's your decision. So that's actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Because that actually leads me right into my next point about Bob Iger. He actually tried to retire a couple years ago already. And Hmm. the board was like, no, we will give you this big compensation package if you stay on and spearhead the acquisition of our next major acquisition. So like 20th Century Fox. And uh, it was right at the tail end of Star Wars. (laughs) And he's like, you know, they were like, you need to stay on. We like your vision. You know, lead the company into a successful place. Mm -hmm. So Bob Iger's already tried to retire. It's probably not far off. So who takes over? And then what does the company become? Can you imagine being that guy? No. Just in any company. <laughs> no. In, in, in any company. There is that guy in every company. It, for Nintendo, it's uh, Miyamoto. Miyamoto, yeah. 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 So imagine being that guy where they're like so precious to that company. They're like, you can't leave. Please don't. Please, you have this please, entire please board don't of leave. people begging you. I think, yeah, like Jobs. I, I think Jobs gets too much credit, in fact. Like that guy is taking that company into the 21st century and beyond. Mm-hmm. Just um, coasting off of his name. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say that, but like, like even having that perspective, and it's it's the only perspective that I see from him is literally just not being a dick. Yeah, like that sure. is it's it's being a realist, you know, like that's where things are going, and you'd be able to look at things and be like, this is the this is this is our current environment. I can look ahead and see where it's going to end up. So why am I going to end up, you know, sticking with this and being in some regressive policy or whatever? And I think not to digress too much from this topic but i think that's kind of where the music industry is at right now where all the people who have been in high up positions have been in you know like that the physical media mindset kind of yeah the latter Mm -hmm. role um but it's interesting to see that where there's a guy who you know has been with it forever but he's still very progressive i think he has to be i mean when you're controlling that many subsidiaries you know, you, like there's so like they control ESPN, they control like everything, which like, is almost, so funny. It is kind of funny, <laughs> like almost every facet <laughs> or at least some part of every facet of media is touched by Disney in some way. Mm-hmm. Like Bob Iger is the top of that pyramid, you know, like this is the guy pulling the puppet strings at the very top. It's just insane. Like he has to be progressive because if he's not Disney tanks as a company and takes hundreds if not thousands of other companies down with it oh yeah you know he can't afford to have a conservative mindset so i think i mean he's on the right track he really is on the right track like streaming's the streaming's the future they've got marvel they've got star wars they've got disney properties they've got fox here soon they've got yeah fox properties coming in hot they've got all this awesome content and avatar you know, like major franchises. Why not? Why not make a streaming service? You know, it, it just, you know what they're just, they're doing. Sense. Speaking of Avatar, they're doing, well, not necessarily the same Avatar, but Last Airbender, they're doing a live action version of it coming up. Yeah, Netflix is doing that. It's yeah, pretty cool. So 
Is that even Disney, though? It's, it's not Nickelodeon. No. <laughs> it's Nickelodeon. <laughs> My brain heard a thing and just said a thing, so. I have been checking out their um, anticipated lineup for their streaming service. Yeah. And pretty uh, pretty impressed. So they, they do have uh, an animated Monsters, Inc. series coming. Yeah. Uh, an untitled Muppet series. Yeah. Okay. I'll bring back Muppet Babies. I'm real, real happy about the Muppets. When, when's the last time you saw a Muppets uh, production? They did the Muppets they had the TV movie. series. They did have they had a TV series. They brought it back. Was it like surprisingly um, like dirty or something? Like probably. It got, they got pulled. Like they can't. It, I don't think it, it has lasted to be very, now. very long. Everybody that loved the Muppets is old now. That's right. Yeah. It's got to be super provocative. <laughs> so it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> of course they've got. Of course they've got Marvel. They're giving Loki his own series yep played by tom heidelston played by the same Which is characters that played awesome. them in the movies yeah that's perfect yeah sorry I'm sure they gave that guy a lot of money to do that no, i'm oh, very yeah. happy for him because he's excellent at role he's so hey, you know how you've been a secondary <laughs> character for all the movies so far well here you go a primary role and a bunch of money yep straight up oh yeah and they're also doing a live action star wars series so I know what Rage it is. or rejoice as you see fit. And the genre on Wikipedia is listed as space opera. I already know what it is. I can tell you right now. Spanish soap opera. It romance. is directed by John Favreau. And okay. it is about the Mandalorians. Oh, yes. It's going to be. Yes. Amazing. I can hear. I can hear Zane from Illinois shouting <laughs> in, <laughs> over his headphones right now. Yeah, and it's live action, too. It's going to be awesome. a legitimate. Yeah, like Star Wars TV show. If yeah, John Favreau's got it, it's in good hands. No doubt. That guy, he's oh, a genius. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch is also getting her own television show, um, starring Elizabeth Olsen, same person that plays her in the MCU. They, I mean, rumor is that they're pretty much going to go through and give every secondary character in the MCU their own series that hasn't had a full-on feature film. So you're talking as well, like, I guess. I mean, why not? Yeah, like Black Widow. I'd watch a Black Widow show. That would and a be Hawkeye. Awesome. Hawkeye. Oh man, I'd watch a Hawkeye show. Hawkeye, Black Widow, buddy cop. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. Like we actually get to see Where? that one scene. What do they always talk about? It's like um, I, f- I forget. It's like they, Bangalore they, or something. Or not Bangalore. Yeah. Some country, some location. They always quote it. It's like we don't ever we don't talk about what happened and whatever. Yeah. I I really hope they bully sony in the sharing spider or selling spider-man yeah that's my hope for the next 10 years is i hope disney <laughs> i hope disney either, at this point disney just buy sony <laughs> yeah i was gonna say either disney acquires sony or acquires that particular franchise because yeah. they need it mm-hmm. they really need it especially with the way that the new spider-man movies were cast mm-hmm. which yeah the new one was good like we just I was watched really it impressed recently. with it. Yeah. So, and, and this is coming from me. I I haven't watched a Spider Man movie since uh, the one with Tobey Maguire Blech. back in the early two thousand. <laughs> and then you and went, yes, "Oh, right. I don't like Spider Man." Wow. I guess. <laughs> I guess. No, I, I love like Spider Man. <laughs> in in uh in the Marvel universe, Spider Man's my favorite, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and yeah. The, he's he's I good. Think the, I think the new the newest Spider-Man was the best representation that anybody has done 
of Spider-Man, and they took some liberties with the story, but it was good. And I, w- I, I left that feeling like, oh, this is, I don't, I didn't care. I didn't care what liberties they took with it because it was good. They made it work, yeah. and it actually was very good. It was a very nice, refreshing look at that character. Um, with no nailed. origin story bullshit. Yeah. yeah, I could dig that, too, because everybody knows it. Everybody who's into the comics knows there's that. No, yeah, there's no yeah. need. It's like he, For there's that. a passing remark, like, you know, I got bit by a spider. Did it hurt? Oh, can I get bit by ah. a spider? It's it's dead. I don't. <laughs> it's dead. It's then. gone. Like yeah. Like that's it. That's all they yeah. had to say. It's like okay, so it follows the traditional Spider-Man origin. Yeah, you 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 already know, so don't worry about it. Yeah, no nonsense. Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin. You know <laughs> that Green Goblin. What I'm a coming goofy over character. for Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Why was he there? <laughs> he was the perfect Green Goblin. Will he, he was. He that was. scene. That scene where Aunt May's doing the Lord's prayer and he blows the wall open. He's like, "Finish it." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deliver us from evil. <laughs> God, that scene. That he was such a goofy villain. <laughs> if you go back and watch it now, you're just like, <laughs> "Why?" This why dude did is I a nut this? job. Willem yeah. Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. He is. He's he's such a um, get back to work I, on Boondock Saints three. Yeah, yeah I can't fire. see him as anything except for Smecker. Yeah, Boondock Saints. Yeah, it's Smecker. Yeah, I can't see Something him. Like that. I can't see him as anything but that anymore. He's just always he's just always that to me. Or he's I don't. <laughs> it's been so long as I've seen him, but uh, Life Aquatic. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was in that. I always see him in those two those two roles in anything oh, he's in. <laughs> oh snap back it's, real quick it's, it's budapest yeah. all right sorry budapest Continue. yeah yes yeah, we don't talk, talk about, about what happened oh, in budapest. Talk about budapest. <laughs> budapest. we don't talk about budapest this is gonna be what happened in budapest again like it's just always brought up as like this thing that you don't know what happened that's the series that's the series finale is budapest is <laughs> budapest <laughs> and then they don't talk to each other and then it leads into avengers Ooh. so while we're on the topic this is just kind of a side note captain marvel trailer Come on. Come on. Raise oh, the roof. Oh, man. Where she punches that old woman on a bus. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, whack. <laughs> They're bringing the scrolls in. I can't wait because I think, I think at the end of Captain Marvel, we're going to see one scroll get away and maybe become one of the Avengers that we're already familiar with, which would throw a oh, huge that's twist right. into. Re, re, uh, re-explain what they are. The scrolls, the scrolls yeah. are just an alien race that are at war with the Kree, which they've talked about the Kree a lot in the MCU. Like they're uh, like Ronan the Accuser is a Kree. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk about him a lot in Agents of Shield. Um, but anyway, the scrolls—they're shape-shifting aliens that are able to take on the form of anyone. And in the comics, in the Secret Invasion comic line, the scrolls come to Earth and take over a couple of the Avengers. And it just the whole story of the secret invasion is like all this distrust between the members of the Avengers. They like destroy them from within because nobody knows if they really are who they say they are. Mm. So I, I'm assuming that that will come into play. I don't see why they bring the scrolls into it if it wasn't going to come into play in like Avengers four, maybe. When yeah, especially especially like this is the movie that's happening between 
you know, part one and part two here. So right. And it also takes place before every other movie in the MCU. Yeah. It's in the 90s. Well, most mostly. It Except does. Captain America. Right. Oh, Cap. OK, fine. Captain America's in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess parts but, of Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy are in the 80s. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, but it's not it's not set on Earth. Right. So, uh, yeah, that's space time. That doesn't count. Space time. It doesn't count. It would have to be a long, long con kind of thing, right? Like he's they've been they've been this a character the, whole time. the entire time. So does that mean that the actual that the, the scroll came in and created this character or that the actual character is somewhere like Cap is actually still frozen? That it could be something like that. Because I think the okay. person has to actually exist. They can't just like, I well, okay, I don't know. Because I want to say in the comics, they had to take on the form of somebody that already existed. They couldn't okay. just like shapeshift into the form of another species or whatever. Gotcha. Um, but I don't know. Someone, I did watch a breakdown video of Captain Marvel trailer the other day. And they were talking about um, Ben Mendelsohn is the villain in Captain Marvel, he's one of the scrolls, but he actually okay. he's like the human form of the scroll that's within Shield. He like infiltrates okay. Shield um, in human form. So I don't know. The, the trailers hypothesize that he like the scroll just kind of turns into like a human form, and that's mm-hmm. what he ends up being. But I think that he probably, in my mind, he would have to have already existed in order for that scroll to infiltrate Shield. You know what I'm saying? Like he would have had to have been a member of Shield for that scroll to impersonate him and then actually been given access, whatever. I don't know. It it doesn't matter. So we're just hypothesizing Cap, now. Cap would make sense. Yeah. He could still he be could frozen. Still be frozen. <clears throat> it could be Bucky because he disappeared for a long time and I mean actually pretty much died. Um But did he did he fade away? Was he he was he was one Bucky, of the Bucky, he did fade. Okay. Yeah, Bucky. Bucky's gone. He's one of the Dusty Boys. The Dusty Boys. I think um, <laughs> when it comes down to it, it takes place in L.A. Who would have been in L.A. in the '90s? Tony. I guess Tony's really like the only person that would have been. I mean, he lived in Malibu. Well, I don't know if he lived in Malibu in the '90s, but that's where his house is in all the movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, we could sit here and speculate know. all day. We don't really have informa- any information to go on. So, But that trailer looked good. It does. I think Captain Marvel is going to be my favorite hero at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. She, I love Brie Larson. Oh, man. She's so great. I think she's going to do a really good job with that role. She looks mm-hmm. like Captain Marvel. Like, nailed it. Yeah. So anyway, another thing that we need to touch on is the currently existing Marvel shows that are on Netflix are staying on Netflix for now. Okay. They're going to finish out their runs on Netflix. They have a contract. Um, So they will not be pulling those specific shows off Netflix. They will be pulling all of the MCU movies off of Netflix once their service launches. Okay. Because right now they have this, you know, deal with them where it's like six months after the movie releases it goes on Netflix for a while. Like um, next month we'll get infinity war 
on Netflix. And I want to watch it so many times. I'm going to watch it over and over. the greatest superhero movie <laughs> in the history of superhero movies. Ever made. So no matter what my no matter what my dad says, oh, <laughs> no matter what my dad says, he's he's old school. He he, I don't know. He you gotta like watch it? it knowing. Well, <clears throat> so my dad, and I'm sure if my brother is listening to this, he's like nodding his head along. My dad is a very like, oh, you know, I, I like the old monster movies, you know, because there were rules and there was structure and there was a definite way to 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 get rid of the bad guy and the good guys always win. And that didn't happen in this movie, and he <laughs> lost his mind. He was like, no, no, this isn't right. I'm like, but but it's Empire, you know? Like, it's, Im- it's, it's Empire. That's right. <laughs> this is, it's coming into the conclusion. The, like, you know they're going to win. Why is this like? <laughs> this had to happen so they can this win next to time. And it's yeah. to make the win even better. Right, right. They spent a whole three hours, like, breaking them yeah. down so we could spend a whole three hours. Yep. With the uh, final conclusion. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that's happening. <laughs> anyway, we keep getting, like, off anyway. on this Marvel tangent. Bring it back. But um, it's planning to launch now because of the acquisition of 20th Century Fox and the restructuring they have to do internally because of that. They are pushing it back and launching it in late 2019 now. Okay. So it was originally slated for very early 2019. Um, but since this deal is pushing through and it won't be finalized until the summer of next year, um, yeah, they had to push it back. Uh, another cool thing to touch on in the same interview I was just quoting, yeah, from The Hollywood Reporter, is uh, Bob Iger says straight up there should not be two Marvel universes. So when they acquire X-Men and Fantastic Four through this merger, Kevin Feige will be put in charge of those properties and they will be assimilated into the existing MCU, including Deadpool. So well, I feel like literally anybody could tell you that. No doubt. Uh, they just need to trash everything that's been done with the X-Men because the X-Men are mm-hmm. garbage. Uh, yep. The Fantastic Four are garbage in yep. their current <laughs> form. They're great heroes, great stories. Everything that Fox has done is trash. Just throw it in the <laughs> trash and set it on fire. Yep. And um, bring Ryan Reynolds over as Deadpool, and that's the only saving grace from their entire yeah, have run. Him, have him keep, you know, keep whatever. Have him stay as Deadpool and, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I think we were talking about, like, have him be like, oh, you look different. This is weird. <laughs> they should, they should, what they should do is bring, like, the different Earths thing into it. And in yes. Deadpool 3, have him go into like a different reality somehow. And, and he's then in it the MCU. Meshes everything. Yeah. Like he's the cause. He's the causation that he's like sends this ripple out <laughs> where they all get brought into the MCU and everything's different oh, for that's them. Perfect. That's it's, perfect. It's great. I would love that. He's like, oh man, I thought you caught on fire. Now you're carrying a shield. I don't understand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh man. It's so good. Uh, okay. So let's move on. That was the metagame. I think uh, we're all on board with Disney streaming service, even though we are afraid of their monopoly. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> the summary of that whole section there. Uh, so let's bring it to hip fire. We all have different topics we've brought to the table here. So uh, we're going to go in the same order. Brian, what topic you got? So I want to talk about um, long winded games. Long winded so- games. Okay. We've 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 all had these games that are uh, you, you get to a certain point and it it hits you and you're like 
either like I gotta play something else or it's just impassable from the on where you're headed and you don't know how to get get through with it so you put it down but then there's this feeling of ah but I haven't finished it is that a big deal or is it old games are old move on and are there any games that have been that crippling feeling for you that you've had to go back and you have to finish it that's a that's a really good topic man I like that uh, I would say yes and also looking <laughs> at you Bethesda like <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's very easy it definitely depends on the genre and if we're talking about mm-hmm. RPGs it has taken me years to get through Witcher I'm still not through Witcher 3 you know mm-hmm. and I've just dumped so much time into that game and I'm content playing for like a week, getting through a big chunk of it, and then just letting it sit for months. You know, like yep. I I enjoy where the story's heading. That game is the best RPG I've ever played in my life, but I don't feel inclined to hurry through it. You know, mm-hmm. and and I don't feel like giving it up because it's old. I know you mentioned that, yeah. um, but like Fallout, I have no intention of ever finishing Fallout Four. I don't care about the main quest. Like, no, you're not you're not missing much. You know, it, it's a lot. With the with Bethesda's games in particular, it's more about your personal journey. I feel like and the quest that you set for yourself within mm-hmm. the world that they've built. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, that's really the only thing off the top of my head. I think that uh, I think in the case of Fallout Four, I think what you said kind of hit the nail on the head um, in a different way for me. I think that they kind of ruined that immersion with the with the actual. Sp- speaking main character yeah okay okay (laughs) yeah it like totally removed me from that because fallout 3 and new vegas were both very very immersive i didn't need that i didn't need the uh dialogue i didn't either and here's something i've been wondering because i've you've been saying that for a long time since the game came out do you think it's because the camera pulls back and shows your character saying it See, you see your own face saying it. Yeah. Would you be okay maybe, with the spoke it, but the camera was still like first person perspective? That's an interesting thought experiment. Because I think, yeah, I think I, I think is it I like probably would the be combi- a more okay. The combination yeah. of like the the way that he like moves and like his emotion, like a, like the way he emotes while he's talking. It's not necessarily like how he's saying things or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think so. Even the speech pattern maybe a little evokes some emotion. I mean, it's not necessarily how you would say something or how you would picture it in your head, how you were saying something or how you would want to convey a certain idea. Right. I think that's what 3 and New Vegas even kind of gave you was that. It, <laughs> like if you set you and, – and they – Fallout always had that like quirky element to it where if you set your intelligence to zero or whatever, you would get the yeah. hidden dialogue <laughs> options. And yeah. Like that. <laughs> and you can't you can't really have without being excessively offensive, you can't really have a character in Fallout 4 with zero intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of dialogue <laughs> options, you know? Because what are they <laughs> how are they gonna say it? Like <laughs> not in a not in a tasteful way. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty I funny. think so. I think I think it is a combination, but and I think I I don't think that would be gone. 
I don't think that feeling for me would be gone. I think it would mm-hmm. be lessened, but I don't think it would eliminate it entirely. I gotcha. So what if what if this? What if Fallout Five comes out, and they have some kind of technology that allows you to record maybe like ten lines of dialogue, like ten specific sentences, and then it uses your voice for every dialogue choice in the game. You know, it's it's super. That's super funny that you say that, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't save the article. It was a thing on that specific technology where you read this block of text and it contains all the necessary enunciations and, uh, you know, the different different ways that your voice may react to be able to blend it into whatever they want to say Mm -hmm. and like just brain just. (laughs) (laughs) Would you prefer that over just picking a text choice? I don't know that I would prefer it. Um, it's a lot of heavy lifting because there's been games like that in the past. And the one that comes to mind is a very, very early PC game. Bar. Spaceship Warlock. 1991, that game came out on Mac. And it had the ability where you could type in your responses to people when you talk. One thing about it, see, is e- even though it was it was very basic and you had to type everything, it's the same kind of situation where you speak the, you know, the game has to interpret what you're saying mm-hmm. and it has to somehow translate that into something that the AI can understand and respond appropriately to. I think if you don't hear yourself say it, but you still are I, in a way kind of dealing with a set of predefined responses. Sure. So I don't think it's a bad thing, but at the same time, I think it's kind of it kind of constrains you to make the right decisions. And if you don't, you're being met with something repeatedly. You know what I mean? Yeah. What what you described is pretty much <laughs> it made me think of the subreddit R outside where <laughs> it's it's just um, people literally going out and doing doing things like outside and then they just it's all laid out like oh greatest greatest rpg ever (laughs) top post right now is the swimming ability useful for gaining muscle (laughs) oh my god that's pretty great i didn't know that existed yep seriously someone needs to nerf the attractiveness (laughs) oh my gosh oh I, i concur I concur. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have uh, you have anything to add to that? I've had. I mean, I've had that happen with a couple of games. Um, like I said, Wolfenstein was one where I started off and I was like, I can't. I'm not gonna do this, you know. And then there was kind of that. Well, I know I want to give it a try because this was a really cool gift, you know. So I played through it and finished it, and now I love the series. But then again, like on. Um, let's, let's doom doom is one that I just powered through, you know, I flipped it to easy and just, you know, wanted to finish it. And that was fine because it, it gave me another sense of like being, it was kind of like a, a left for dead two feeling, you know, where you're just mowing down zombies or you're, you're destroying these, these hell spawn and just 
plastering through the game. Yeah. Uh, but then I got to the end and I was like, all right, yeah, that's a, that's a cool ending. And it's definitely set up for doom eternal. But, uh, did you not feel the accomplishment to... of it because you turned it to easy? Well, well, no, that was definitely part of it. Yeah. But there've also just been games where I finished and I've been like, I didn't have to play through that. You know, I could have done without this. <laughs> I could. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, you got any examples? I don't think so. Okay. I finished what I start. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I see you. Fighting words. How about the, uh, how about a hip fire topic? What do you got for that? Um, mine for this, for this week was, uh, the Witcher series. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for the, thanks for the suggestion because that, I was actually incredibly excited about this. Um, Henry Cavill is playing Geralt. Mm-hmm. Geralt and of Rivia. It is. Uh, it's an interesting choice, but I think he's a, after seeing some of the uh, promotional poster art and things like that. I think it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good choice. Yeah, I think he'll do all right. I'm super biased. Because I think he's a goofball in real life, and I <laughs> just really hate Superman. And it's yeah. like it's not even his like version of Superman. I just hate Superman, so I'm already like in biased general. against yeah. Henry Cavill because of yeah. him playing Superman. Superman's like the default superhero, though. He's a dumb superhero. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. can't like, be killed by anything on Earth. Dumb, except for stuff <laughs> that has crashed to Earth. Except for yeah, yeah, stuff that came from his own planet that's super rare. That's now radioactive. It's rare, but it's everywhere. But it's everywhere. Yeah. Everyone's so, got a little piece. Of and even that, you throw it in lead, and it's fine. <laughs> can we all agree that Batman is the only good DC? Yes, character? we can definitely super agree. Superhero and his villains. Yep. Batman and his villains. Totally agree. Batman sans yeah. Robin. <laughs> yeah. Sans Robin. <laughs> I can dig I can dig Nightwing, you know. Okay, Nightwing's I'm, okay. Robin I'm, Robin turned Nightwing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna judge uh I'm not gonna judge him on Henry Cavill, that is, on his Superman performance, because who would not take that? That's like iconic. That guy was even even still our personal opinions aside, that guy is the superhero. Oh yeah. Superman is the superhero. Um, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman. Yeah. And he looks like Superman too. Like you can't deny he looks like Superman, Superman, but Superman all the same. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, I think he's a good choice for the Witcher. And the only thing, um, that's going to be interesting about it is it is set in the it is set in the book universe it is not set not the in game. the game universe that'll be interesting i read the exact opposite of that like i know you said that but Ooh. i read the exact like it was based on cd project state shoot i'm i'm almost positive i mean based on what i read was like Royale. when they announced it like over a year ago so it could be not true and outdated information I'm excited for it, like, regardless. I think Henry Cavill, I mean, they said when they came into audition, there were a bunch of people that came into audition for Geralt, but he was the only one that understood, like, his sarcasm and, like, his tortured soul-type character. Like, because he's a fan of the games, he already had this, like, you know, preconception of what Geralt should be as a character. And I think that, you know, if he can pull that off, you know, they'll, they'll put some makeup on him and he'll sell it. Sure. 
I think he yeah. can. I just hope that they give him the beard. Like, I don't like Geralt oh, without yeah. the beard. Yeah, they have to. They have to. <laughs> Which is totally a CD Project Red thing, though. So I don't know if they will. Sure. Because he yeah. just didn't in the books. Two, po- two points. It is definitely based on the books. Okay. Second is Siri will be in it. And they have not casted or at least announced who has casted as Siri in it yet. It, they have to have cast her already because it comes out in November. They, so, they did cast her. She is African-American. What? No joke. Yeah, there's been a huge thing going on about that. Big, big backlash because it's not canonical to the book. Like, Siri was an incredibly fair-skinned, blonde-haired woman in the books. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and whatever. Um, like, in, like, creative interpretation, fine. Like, I don't care. Well, but see, who's the guy? Who's the guy who plays uh, uh, Killmonger? Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's talks of having him replace henry cavill as superman Superman, yeah which i'm like let's do that let's make that happen that'd be cool (laughs) yeah mix it up like who cares with like the comic book origins you know like i think the mcu has shown like you don't have to stick to the comic book oh yeah interpretation of things they do a lot of the time but and then you just you just you just touch a little bit in every now and then and there and people that's enough people are like oh that's from the comic books oh yeah you know? exactly they'll freak out anyway <laughs> Witcher's going to be good though i hope we see roach i want to see roach for sure roach yeah Come on, I, roach. I mean roach has to be in it that's a huge integral part of the witcher i don't know i yeah i i don't know how i feel about the siri issue i think it's good not definitely not opposed to that, but it's very Eastern European and it's going to be a kind of a break. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, only time will tell how it's really going to be, but I guess that would be kind of a shock for somebody that's like used to, you know, her character looking like this Mm -hmm. and then she looks nothing like that. (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah, not even like know, it's not even book, a race book to issue. movie adaptations are definitely a thing you know so yeah somebody created a, a witcher 3 mod that made siri african-american yeah i saw that <laughs> i that's want cool. it that's I cool want it it works get it i have mm-hmm. the witcher 1 and the witcher 2 on steam oh man just delete them you don't even <laughs> <laughs> throw them out These games are terrible you need the witcher 3 right Witcher 3 game is the, the only Witcher game, as far as I'm concerned. Witcher 2 was good. No. <laughs> it, was. it wasn't there a, the uh, an adventure? Good. The mechanics are, are garbage. It, it was, wasn't there an adventure game? An adventure, an adventure game. game? Yeah, like, not like, oh, we're going on an adventure. Like, adventure genre where it's like point and click, you know? That might have been the original. That might be the yeah. first one. I mean, there's Gwent too, and now the new single player of an older game, RPG based on Gwent. Isn't that weird that Gwent is That's a spinoff so of Dude, Witcher Three, and then they have an RPG single player that is a spinoff of Gwent? So it's like a double yeah. spinoff of Witcher. Yeah. <laughs> More power to them. CD Projekt Red is the best developer ever. Yeah. They're my heroes. <laughs> I was gonna say they're, they're moving up heroes. in my mind. Hundred percent. After that Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. demo, they can do whatever they want to me. I don't care. <laughs> they can do whatever they take. They can take have my body. Me. They can have yeah. their way with me. 
make me one of your cyborgs. Paint me like one of your cyborgs. It's so good. I can't wait till that game comes out. I'm going to go buy a nail gun and just nail quilts up over all my windows <laughs> and, and take a week off work and just do nothing but play that game. There you go. And order pizzas every day. I'm going to come down there and uh, I'm going to set my TV set- up right next to yours. <laughs> We're just going to live in that world for a whole week. <laughs> do it. I will. Do it. Don't put it past me. I will do it. Oh, bud. Okay. Is it my turn? Yep. What do you got? Yeah, it is your turn. Well, for my topic, you guys probably saw this week that Sony announced the PS1 Classic that is coming out. $99 coming out uh, this winter for the holiday season. Coming preloaded with 20 uh, PS1 games. Um, Already installed, ready to go, including a lot of classic games that they're known for. uh, Like Final Fantasy VII, I think is probably the most notable um, so far of what they've announced. They haven't announced what they all are yet. Um, my thing with this is um, I saw a funny thing. Right after they announced that, Xbox tweeted out this tweet that was just a picture oh of like the entire backwards compatible library of original <laughs> Xbox and 360 <laughs> games. And they're like, you know, 300 titles free to play on your xbox right now you're (laughs) already good like you don't need another tiny console yeah that plays these limited (laughs) games yep so i don't know what what do you guys feel about this whole like micro retro console revolution that nintendo started and now sony's jumping on board for nintendo it's endearing yes for for sony it just it makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. true. And it also, that's to me, it, it points out the worst or the thing that they are the worst at this generation. Copying other people's stuff. Well, not just that. This is just the whole backwards compatibility issue. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, not supporting that is like a travesty <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. Like people have these PS2, PS3 games sitting on their shelves. Maybe they haven't traded them in and they can't yeah. play them. They're just sitting there, gathering dust, never to be played again. So buy it again. Buy it again from PS Now or, yeah, pay a subscription to be able to play PS2 games on your PS4. Get Let's, let's take this <laughs> back around to the Disney conversation. Okay. 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 Because if Sony had a progressive CEO like that, they would not be in this position they're in right now. Nope. So I'm going back to my previous point and stating that imagine being that guy. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being that because, guy. Because in Disney's case, they've got that guy. In Sony's case, that guy that they have is f***ing up. He is. <laughs> and they, they can do that because along with video games and general electronics, Sony makes, and movies, Sony sells insurance. So. <laughs> yeah, they gotta, they're covered. They're all over the board, aren't they? They're fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Nintendo's Nintendo's kind of doing this, uh, not as Sony, but as Disney and Xbox. They've got their Nintendo on demand service now, which is. Hmm. I tried it out today. Yeah. How was that? On the Switch? Yeah. Um, Very interesting. They have all these classic, like, NES games. I played original Super Mario Bros. for a good while today. 
Nice. Uh, but what's really interesting about it to me was you have to install the Nintendo Online app once you sign up okay. for the service. It was immediately installed, and you don't have to install any of those games. They hmm. run in the app without requiring installation. So you just click on it, and you're in it, and you're playing. Interesting. And I'm guessing it's well, because it's so small, you know. I was going to say, those games yeah. are like kilobytes. Right. Yeah. Those NES games. I mean, it's still, whatever they did, they're emulating it perfectly. You know, it was yeah. it was the experience that I remember playing Mario Bros. I played Excite Bike, played Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. Uh, played original Legend of Zelda. Um, nice. It's good. What they're doing, I mean, as far as their whole online service, like as a whole, it falls flat. It's not, it's nothing to really look at, I feel like. But mm-hmm. just for the fact that you get that collection that you can play for free anytime, awesome. Aces. That's pretty cool. Aces in the, my book. Nintendo is like the Disney of video games. Okay. Kind of. They, they, all reliable, I guess. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, Disney or Nintendo characters are without a doubt, with without a doubt, the most iconic in True. the entire video game world. Yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. I I think now I think they're lacking the most in UI, yes. UX design. Okay. The Wii, Wii U. Actually, let's even go back further. Let's say even from the GameCube on their entire operating system off of their consoles has been a bit lacking compared to Sony and in Microsoft. Yeah. They've kind of um, been a leg behind, but Microsoft you would expect to be above and beyond because that's where they specialize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I think Nintendo, the Nintendo, they have the disadvantage, especially back in the GameCube era they had the disadvantage of it not being an online system. They didn't have the opportunity to iterate on their initial launch, you know, like what they launched with, they had to stick with. And no matter what the feedback was, they had no opportunity to iterate on it or improve it. It was just, it is what it is. You know, I think, I think too, um, Nintendo is one of those companies that has always been very game centric. Yeah. Sony and Microsoft, when I, in, in the same generation too, when Xbox and PS2 were released, I think those, yeah, those were the first consoles to have like DVD players. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were media consoles. And GameCube was, the, was that generation. And it focused solely on games. Hey, we got tiny little discs. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, they Nintendo's a games company. The other two are software companies. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. They're a toy company. I, Nintendo yeah. Origin yeah. is a toy company, you know? And they still follow that same, like, mantra, I feel like. It was playing cards, wasn't it? Or initially, yeah, they, they playing yeah. The first thing they made they, was <laughs> trading cards and playing cards. They've been around since, like, the 1800s. Yeah, long time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But that's... That's why Nintendo's great is because that's what they're focused on and that's all they're focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like now, even with the Switch, you don't have any of that. You don't have you don't have any of the any of the Blu-ray capability or anything. It's just focused on games. Yep. Like they only have Hulu as far as like any other kind of like multimedia. It's just Hulu. Yeah. They don't even have Netflix. <laughs> it's just Hulu. Yeah. You know? I don't even think they have YouTube. Like, all they have is games and Hulu. 
<laughs> I'm okay with that though, because when I'm when I'm playing my Switch, all I'm focused on is games. I don't turn yeah. my Switch on to watch Netflix. I don't turn it on to watch a movie. Yeah, because you have when other things I've, that do that better. Yeah, when I'm playing mm-hmm. my Switch, all I'm doing is playing games, and I respect that about Nintendo is that they're 100% totally focused on that. They're given some fluff now. If they have Hulu, they've got it. But it's because people now expect that. And who cares? Like, I would rather them be focused on the games and not focused on building out this crazy UX experience and this, like, online multiplayer experience for people and you having insane party capabilities and everything else. Like, sure. The rest of the console. Yeah, they, I, they know I, their I have place. a PC for that. <laughs> right. Like, they, they know their place in the market. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's what I respect probably the most about them is they never try to be anything they're not, but they also don't have to because they know a lot of people that own their consoles probably own a PC, probably own another console that they're doing like their heavy lifting stuff on. They're like multimedia stuff. You know, they don't expect anybody to dock a switch and watch Netflix on it full time. Right. They, they know yeah. that people are taking a switch to work with them or on their commute. They're Riding going to bus. their friend's house. Yeah. They're playing Mario Party, Mario Kart. They're just having a good time with it because it's a toy. It's like, yeah. you yeah. know, the Switch, I feel like in my mind, it's a toy more than it is a console. And sure. I mean, as far as like the concept of it, um, it's very much a console, but um, I, I get that toy vibe. It's like when when I was young, I'm going to my buddy's house grab the G.I. Joes and head over. It's the same feeling, but now it's like grab the Switch and head over and we'll play Mario Kart, you know? Don't you mean, don't you mean you're Thomas the Tank Engine? Oh, shut up, Brian. It was Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> Nobody wanted to play with those up. but me. It was just me. <laughs> I had I G.I. Joes for a while and they were cool. Okay, they okay. were cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's that same feeling. And then if I want to go do some like hardcore competitive stuff, I'll boot up Halo. I'll boot up, you know, yeah. something that facilitates that kind of experience. Yeah. But they know their place is really just the point I'm trying to They make. know their place. To, f- to finish out this discussion, because it's going on way too long, I would say the success of Xbox Live, definitely they had the UI. They had, like, a successful vision out the gate, but it never would have made it. Xbox never would have made it if it weren't for Halo 2. And Halo 2's oh, yeah. matchmaking system set the precedent for every other system on any console, not even Xbox. Sure. The people that were in charge of developing the matchmaking system for Halo 2 are single-handedly responsible. It's two guys single-handedly responsible for creating what we know today as matchmaking. It's creating that couch co-op experience over the internet. They had that vision, they coded it, they created it, and then everyone started using it. But that was the first thing that really, I feel like, solidified. Um, and that's not even because I'm, like, the world's biggest Halo fan. Like, Halo that's, man, That's yeah. just, like, a fact. <laughs> like, I am Halo man. I am Halo man. I wasn't even in that ecosystem, and I know that that's where, where to point fingers at. Yep. Max Hoberman is the guy who envisioned and created matchmaking for the Halo franchise, which expanded into Xbox titles, which expanded into what we know as online gaming. They, he made that. That came out of his head. 
And that's crazy. That is crazy to me that one person had the vision that's responsible for what we use now. You know, and of course it's been iterated. It's different now than it was, but I think that that is what pushed Xbox ahead as far as Mm. like online usability. Oh yeah, and in my mind, they're still there. I'd still rather I had a PlayStation for a long time, and Mm. I never even bothered to connect with friends on it because it's just not as user friendly as everything on Xbox. It just works better. I think the only reason we still have a PS3 is because it plays Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah. It's just a and really still, expensive Blu-ray player. <laughs> I still have my 360. I'm actually considering taking my 360 with me on vacation just to occasionally, you know, every now and then kick back and boot up something, you know? Yeah. But PS3's not going. You no, know, PS3 can stay here. <laughs> I can stream all that content. That's just for whenever somebody's like, oh, we should watch this movie, and they bring over a Blu-ray. And I'm like, good thing we got a PlayStation has, sitting has upstairs. That has that ever happened? Once, once. <laughs> but then we found out that you could actually stream it. So, <laughs> Excellent. All right, so it's been a good episode, but I think we've got to wrap it up. Like this is, It's been a good talk, though. I mean, we brought up a lot of cool things and a lot of cool perspectives on things that I've Probably wouldn't have guessed, really. Cute. Um, so remember, you can come hang out with us on the Bit by Bit Discord. You think we have a point? You think we're wrong? You just want a game? Whatever. Come talk to us on the Bit by Bit Discord. A link to that is in the description. Just click below. Take you right to it. It's magic. So thanks for joining us yet again. Until next time, we will see you in a couple weeks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. And they're all written in assembly language. So it's just it's super just, easy. No, it's not. It's crazy <laughs> difficult. <laughs> I obviously know what assembly language yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know what assembly language is. They created their own hardware and had to pr- basically create their own programming for their own hardware. Like mm-hmm. early Nintendo stuff. Oh, look, Cody just got on Dead Cody's by Daylight. Cody's on Dead by Daylight. Side note. <laughs> yep. Oh, Matthew. Pause. Oh, Matt. We're, Keep talking. We're, we're talking. We're talking about things and stuff. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping.